It's time that we adults stopped treating our children like subhumans. They are unique individuals that have the right to be in the know as we acknowledge their process and their real life experience. If we make room for them today, then they will be so much better for it tomorrow. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. Welcome back to another episode of Blended. Whether you are a veteran, you've been around for a while, or this is your very first episode, welcome. I am excited about addressing this topic. I've wanted to for quite some time, and I just feel this this tickle in my heart that suggests that the time is now. Um, Addressing the kids, the topic of our children specifically, Children are people too. That will be today's subject, but I want to address children in a series of episodes because they are complex human beings, as are we, and just wrapping our minds around the responsibility that we have as guardians or parents. It's extreme, it's a a huge blessing, it's also an immense struggle at times, whether the child is our own flesh and blood or we are functioning in their lives again as a guardian or a step parent. So as we address the topic of children, please have an open mind. Much of what I'll speak on is going to be a result of my personal experience, what I've learned via textbooks, my studies, as well as what I'm hearing and seeing from other parents. And I also get a ton of just information and raw experience from individuals that grew up in a blended family or experienced their parents separating and what the process was like as they began to date again and just all that that entails. And if I'm being honest, whether for good or bad, those individuals eventually become adults and they were drastically affected by whatever their childhood consisted of. And specifically how their parent or parents navigated the blended family situation or operating as a single parent. And I strongly feel as if collectively as a society, we understand now more than ever the fact that what we experienced, what we went through, whether we were subjected to something or we made our own decisions, those things carry on into our adulthood. They affect us to this day. Me and my wife were having a conversation last week. We talk all the time. She's fantastic. She's my favorite. But we were having a conversation about some of the things that transpired in our lives personally years upon years upon years ago and how those things may still play a part in the understanding of ourselves, our ability to function as a spouse or a parent, a coworker, a friend. 
And we're having this conversation because we know that our yesterday affects our today. And we want to heal. We want to forgive ourselves and be able to forgive other people. So that is no longer the case. We can use yesterday to shape us, to mold us, to be incredible, opposed to being held back or hindered. And a big reason why I want to focus on children, how they think, how they function, how they operate. I don't have the complete and perfect understanding, but I do have some great experience having been a child myself and I have several running around at the moment. But I understand that when parents function as they should, Not perfectly, because the goal is not to be perfect, because that is just not attainable, but making the child the priority that he or she or they should be. There are much less things to address when we become an adult. And that's because a healthy home allows for us to hash things out. It's a safe place for us to process, opposed to having to keep things together. We can lash out and make mistakes without severe ramifications, especially in the blended family process. It's so confusing. It is so chaotic for the adults. Imagine the mindset and the perspective of a child. It's just unbelievable. So to have room to, again, process and to experience things that don't have much context, it is incredible for the development of a human being. So in short, I just want us to move from treating our children as some type of subhumans, nor do I want us to put up with people that treat our children as if they're subhumans. I don't care how much you like him. I don't care how much you like her. We really need to respond appropriately when the red flag of someone treating our children as if they're not important is raised. And as I speak on things, I am talking from a place of progressive realization. This was not my understanding prior to coming into marriage and and becoming a stepfather, nor was it the case after I had my own child with my wife. This has been something that has developed over time. I've mentioned it before, but I grew up in the era or the end of the era where children were seen but not heard. There was a lack of value in our opinion and or experience. And I don't believe that there was an absolute absence of attention and care from my parents, but there were just areas that were lacking. And I recognize that they brought me up much better then their parents brought them up like their stories are horrid. Like that's it's insane that they're still alive, if I'm being honest. And to be honest, it's been of value for me to understand that my parents were subjected to crap because now I know that I've come from generations of children that were subjected to people that did not really know how to function as parents or they just didn't have the desire to do so. And who knows how long this trend has continued. 
What's important now, though, is that I've recognized the hand that has been dealt throughout my lineage, and I can put a stop to this trend of not valuing my role as a parent, and therefore I won't devalue the experience of my children. So in my opinion, and what has helped me to become a better father is understanding that these kids are not my property. All four of them are unique individuals created by God and entrusted to my care. Yes, they are my children, even the ones that my wife and I didn't create ourselves. All of them are subject to the love and authority that both myself and my wife exercise, but we understand that God's intention is for them to be raised in this household, but they're his. Our jobs are to be incredible examples of his grace and character and just not, don't screw it up. Just don't screw it up too bad. <laughs> Forgive me for the rant. I just want you to know my heart, not just for my kids, but what I really do believe the intention or the purpose of a parent is and should be. There are so many voiceless little humans that just go through the winds and the waves that the blended family or even the traditional family presents. And it's just time for us to affirm these individuals and give them the opportunity to be both seen and heard. So I believe there are a couple of very crucial things that we can do to allow children to have the voice and the platform necessary for them to develop in a healthy fashion, regardless of what stage we're in in our blended family process, whether we're a single parent, whether we are in the midst of separating from our spouse or we're getting the ball rolling and dating someone that could potentially contribute or be a part of this family. Number one being our ability to appreciate their process. This one is so huge because we dignify their experience as we appreciate what they're going through. As I mentioned earlier, as we are experiencing something as mind-blowing as separation from the person that we thought we'd spend the rest of our lives with, we can hardly wrap our minds around how we've arrived at this place as an adult, someone who has contributed in some way to the separation that you are currently experiencing. You know who did not really have much of a hand in that? the child or the children present. So how much more difficult is it for them to know like how this happened, how we've arrived at this point, what is currently happening and what's ahead? Because all they've known, even if it was dysfunctional, all they've known is their parents together. And this is kind of how it goes. And their whole lives are being changed in front of them. And as difficult as it may be to halt our feelings, our emotions, what we're experiencing during this time, it is so crucial that we put a pause to that or just make room for our children to process and express themselves. And this is not a one-off thing. This isn't a, hey, this is happening. How you doing? Okay, 
cool. That's all you got. Fine. And you don't revisit. That's not what this is. This is a frequent checkup as to what's going on, what they're experiencing, making room for them to process because they likely don't have the words to interpret their emotions and what's going on in their brain. And I believe this especially applies to anybody who's 15 or younger. You'd think that a teenager can express themselves accurately when they're experiencing something like this. No, do not give them that much credit. Remember where you were when you were their age. You were stupid. (laughs) You were stupid. You thought you were a genius. You had it all together. You were ready to move out. But when you really think back, you were dumb. Guess what? Your child during this stage, while they're confused, young, experiencing hormones, it's 2000 freaking 21. It's wild out here. They're dumb. Okay. I'd like to think that I was emotionally stable and mature to to a degree when I was 15 years old. No, dummy. Absolute dummy. I hope I made that super clear just now. These kids do not have the capacity to accurately communicate what they're going through, and they likely won't be able to until they're adults. However, You can still provide a space. You can still acknowledge that they must be going through something. So you make room for them to express themselves, even if they're doing it in such a way that is inconvenient or even to a degree disrespectful. I feel like the big stages, the impactful stages that this happens in is when separation takes place or when there's the coming together of a family. So divorce or moving toward cohabitation or remarrying, those events tend to bring out the most severe emotional responses from kids or maybe none at all. Very much depends on the personality type. I think I was one way personally and my younger brother was something entirely different. But even as we navigate this process As best we can, we cannot keep our children from experiencing the collateral damage that results from blended families. All we can do is try and contain it. I remember my wife telling me uh, a time when our oldest, I don't know if I was in their lives at this point, but she saw one of her friends from school get in a vehicle or be picked up by both her parents, mom and dad. And she passed that information along to her mom as if it were this mind blowing concept of both parents being together because she had no recollection of both her mom and dad parenting her together. And that's just one of potentially thousands of instances where she has experienced conflict as a result of not having the family unit that children are supposed to have by design. And fortunately, Margot knew at the time that allowing her to process, allowing her to communicate opposed to shutting things down was what was important. And we've continued to do that as she moves toward her teenage years. And although we have not done this perfectly, especially myself early on, 
we've made appreciating her process a very high priority. So there are times where she'll act out or she will become a bit of a recluse and we know that something's going on. And there are other times when she does not express herself emotionally. She does not have the facial expression thing going on. But at the same time, we understand that what she is experiencing has to have some level of impact. And what we're just going to do is create a little bit of room, whether it's one-on-one time, hanging out, or asking a question straight up, whatever the case, we just want to acknowledge and appreciate her process and affirm her in such a way that lets her know that her experience, even if it's just her own and she's the only one that feels it, it's legitimate. It's real. This is not a fabricated thing that she's going through. And it's so powerful when that happens because it allows for her to be a kid, remain young. Like we've been so impressed by the fact that she has maintained a lot of her youth. Like this situation can expedite someone's development because the collateral damage that results in such a circumstance can affect a human being in such a negative way. So while appreciating the process of a child seems pretty standard as far as the responsibilities of a parent, we have to be all the more intentional as we experience these drastic changes while our family is experiencing change after it's experienced change and everything in between. So appreciating the process of our child or children is super important. I think another essential factor in honoring our children and whatever they may be experiencing is the opportunity that we have to invite them into our decisions, empowering our children and giving them both understanding as well as a degree of control over their lives or just the circumstance that surrounds them goes such a long way. I personally don't believe it's okay for parents to drop the bomb of me and your mom or me and your dad are getting divorced on the children one day. I feel as if they should be to some degree and carefully invited into the process prior to that conclusion being drawn. Obviously, you want them to be of age and to some degree cognizant of what's happening around them and able to at least process a little bit of what's transpiring. But the bomb of just like, hey, life as you know it is over is just not cool. Don't want to put any burden on them, but it allows for them to prepare their hearts and their minds. And it also allows for us adults to be held accountable to our children because we should be held accountable to them. And I'm going to pause right there for just a moment because I feel like for some of us listeners, this may be the first time you've ever heard that. But as parents, we should be accountable to our children. We should do everything in our power to refrain from the do as I say and not as I do model. That's just so confusing. So as we invite them into decision makings and the state of our family, 
we can exemplify the very things that we're trying to instill in them, like perseverance, like commitment, like honesty. If we were to function as if our children's eyes were like cameras and we were being recorded because that's quite literally what's happening, then maybe we would change the way that we behave. I cannot tell you how many times I have apologized to my girls for my behavior or they've just straight up called me out because I've given them that right to do so. And the following day, I'm like regret that I apologized and I suggested that I would function better, that I would operate better as a father and have more character because I want to slip up again. But I know those eyes are recording me. They're watching me. I created a standard that I want to hold myself up to. And they are my accountability. That is not a detriment to me. It is best for myself, my kids and my family as a whole. So struggling severely with your spouse in private and then one day dropping the bomb or getting divorced, that, that just is it's not going to fly. One day as a single parent, you're like, hey, we're moving in with this guy now. That is not going to fly. Your child should be invited into the decision making process as to whether you're going to be living with a brand new person and that person potentially having other little persons running around. No, your child is not your friend. They are not equal to you, above you, or anything like that. But they deserve more respect than our lives changing. And then therefore, their lives changing drastically at the drop of a hat whenever we feel like it. Empower them and invite them into a little bit of the decision-making process And you will save them from so much heartache, especially the self-inflicted kind. Give them some degree of control while they're younger, because the last thing that you want is for them to experience control for the first time when they are in their latter teens or they are young adults on their way out of the house. That tends to result in self-destructive behavior or destructive behavior toward another, or they just end up being this these extremely indecisive adults that don't know what it means to want something for themselves or exercise their own opinion or their own standard because they were subject to the whims of these adults for the longest time. And all of a sudden they're in contact or relationship with these dysfunctional people. And again, they're subjected to their whims. If you teach them to speak up for themselves now and you give them the right to do so, then when they become adults, they will be able to speak up for themselves at that point. They won't have to learn when it's almost too late after they've potentially made some extremely poor decisions. And unfortunately, I feel like I hear too often parents praising their kids for being stable, for being strong, for being independent. And as admirable as those qualities may be, they shouldn't necessarily apply to a child. What we're essentially suggesting as we praise those qualities is my kid can take a beating like they've gone through some stuff and experienced some things, but they've kept it together. And that's not something to celebrate. 
Sure, there are some kids that are more prone to be a bit more mature than others. I have one of them, yet we have to understand that that's likely a natural response to an unnatural situation. When I think about my upbringing and having to move about 17 times prior to turning 17, like it was chaotic, but I was stable. I kept it together up until I was 18 and I left for college when I finally had some control over my life. Things imploded. Extremely self-destructive. I did not have the muscle of wanting and therefore making decisions for myself. So it was it just blew up in my face. And that is just not how it's supposed to go for our kids. We have an option to deter that outcome inviting them a little bit into our adult decision making may be a little uncomfortable. It may be foreign to us or cause us to feel vulnerable, but I strongly believe that it's one of their many rights. We cannot collectively move in the same direction if our children don't know where we're headed. They are not subhumans. They are people. And we have this very unique and temporal opportunity to raise them up in such a way that they should go. So let's raise them with clarity. Let's raise them with character, even in the midst of chaos. That is possible. And it will change the outcome of their lives and who they end up being as adults. Consider yourself for a moment. Think back on the opportunities you feel were missed out on because of the missteps of your parents. It's all good. Let's forgive them. Let's acknowledge it. And let's be better to our children for it. How awesome would it be if our children had no idea that our parents had missteps because they didn't recognize any of those same patterns in us? Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.